0: Welcome to Wrestling With Heart, a podcast looking at pro wrestlers giving back to their community. Join me, Stanley Carr, as I interview wrestling's hottest names who use their platforms as entertainers to raise awareness and do community service. Hello and welcome to another edition of Wrestling With Heart. This is the show where we talk with professional wrestlers about their lives in and out of the ring as well as as doing acts of charity, community service work. And, uh, you know, just inspiring others. We we were all about positivity here on the show. And with me today, I've got a very special guest. He is a former IWF heavyweight champion, SAW heavyweight champion, Wrestle Pro Silver champion, as well as a former ISPW Tri State champion. With me today, please welcome the one and only Sean Donovan. Sean, welcome to Wrestling with Heart.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's all mine for sure. Let's get into it. So, tell me about your childhood. Where did you grow up?
1: Sure. So, I grew up in a uh, middle-class town called Maplewood, New Jersey. Uh, it's you know, in our in our state. We we kind of have three areas. We have North Jersey, we have uh, Central Jersey, and we have South Jersey. I kind of grew up along that northern central line. So, uh, but now I reside in South Jersey, where the beaches are. So, I'm in uh, I'm in great weather
0: that's that's great uh you know big music town a home of bruce springsteen and uh Mm -hmm. do you ever you ever go to some of the clubs
1: oh yes uh my my earlier days uh i've been to all the all the clubs bar a djs uh martels you name it you know jenks jenkinson's boardwalk uh you name it i've been there so the stone pony was a big one yeah. Stone Pony is a good one. Yeah. I've I've been to Asbury many, many a times and seen a lot of good concerts there. So uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Actually, a funny story is uh, my parents, their first date was at the Stone Pony and they saw Bon Jovi before he was ever a name. So wow.
0: How cool yeah, is pretty, that? Pretty
1: cool stuff. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool stuff.
0: Right on. You just never know when uh, somebody can, can get up there and be big, right?
1: Absolutely. You never know.
0: Yeah, all right. So, what kind of got you into professional wrestling?
1: Uh, my earliest memories of watching it were with my grandfather. Um, I was probably around f- five or six years old, and you know, watching him, uh, watch it, watching him get into it. My my grandfather, my grandparents, you know, they were directly off the boat from Italy. Uh, so around that time in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, you know, Bruno San Martino was the big, uh, was the big draw for, you know, Italians and, and immigrants that, you know, that came over to this country. And I would just see how riled up he got watching it. But there was just something about it, I remember watching it, that just got me into it. It was just the way that they, the the performers can control a crowd. And as I got older and continued watching it, uh i was just enamored by it watching it week after week i mean i can remember not wanting to go out and play with my friends on the weekends because i wanted to make sure that i caught every single bit of wrestling that was on because i was lucky enough to be exposed to wwf at the time wcw NWA at the time which it was very relatively unheard of to get you know a, a southern station uh in the north area but uh I was lucky enough to get both and was just enamored by it all. So that's kind of how I got into it. It's just so
0: amazing how like you, you know, you had all these different companies airing television shows. Um, Right. And, and it's, you know, you know, my childhood was of course, you know, maybe like one or two companies, three, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, but like now it's accessible to anybody with the internet and technology, not just with cable television. So
1: cool how it all evolved services. yeah you can get it all at the, at your fingertips right now if you know if i were a kid now i'd, I'd be a pig and you know what because i'd have wrestling at my fingertips literally 24 7. yeah
0: so you you got your training um you went to wrestling school tell me about the training process for you
1: yeah so my my training started um late 2000 early 2001 um trained by you know a local um uh a local journeyman by the name of Kevin Knight who uh had a school in North Jersey that was probably about 45 minutes to an hour away from me um you know I was looking up you know wrestling schools and and obviously at the time you know they're really the internet's in its infancy so you really can't find all the, all that much information uh, but going to some of these independent shows um, that Kevin Knight was on and his his business partner, uh, A.J. Sparks, uh, Michael Illions is his real name. Uh, but they started advertising that they were opening a wrestling school. And at the time, this was 1999. I you know, was still going to independent shows. Couldn't afford to go yet. Um, and then it just so happened – late 2000 i was at a show that was held by their their promotion iwf and they were hosting a one-day fantasy camp tryout and the winner got free training and at the time i was going to college i was working a job you know trying to you know make money save money um so i'm thinking oh this might be my opportunity where i can get free training and uh jumped in into that that fantasy camp i think there was like 10 or 12 people um didn't win. Um, but AJ pulled me aside and said, you know, you came in at a close second, um, which was, I thought was really cool. Um, but he said, you know, I can't offer you the free training, but I can offer it to you for half. And the light bulb just went off of my head. I cut him a check that day for a deposit and, uh, started my training, I think a week or two later. Um, And it was just one of those things where, you know, you take your first, you know, bump on the mat. And for some people, they can automatically say it's not for them. And for me, I I wanted more. Um, It was just something that it was ingrained in me that I want to do. But training, training then is a lot different than what the training is now today at wrestling schools. Um, You know, I was trained a little bit in that old, uh, if you want to call it like kind of guys that we're still keeping kayfabe in our industry. Um, You know, guys that came in, in the previous generation, you know, before me. Um, And, you know, at the time society was very different, you know, at that time. So, you know, if you want to be a pro wrestler, this was not the school for you. If you wanted to just be a weekend warrior, you know, you, if this was a school for you, they wanted you to make it. Um, So, Training was four days a week, um, sometimes twice on Sundays because they had an advanced class as well, Um, but you had to earn your way into that. But, you know, warm-ups were pretty crazy. I mean, you're talking two, 300 squats, you know, two, 300 jumping jacks, 100 to 100 plus push-ups, jogging around the building, you know, multiple times, coming back, doing wind sprints, wheelbarrow rolls uh, before you'd even get in the ring. So you're already blown up at that point. But what it did was
0: it's like heavy yeah, duty, it
1: you yeah.
0: Heavy duty it you stuff, you right
1: and yeah, it taught you conditioning. It taught you, uh, but it also taught you to respect the ring, um, and what we do is is you know out of respect. Now, if you were to try to put on that kind of training, you'd probably be labeled a bully. <laughs> <laughs> in, in certain in, in certain aspects, um you know, I, I, I would kind to say that you really can't put people through that, you know, that type of stuff that much these days. And maybe there are some that may, may, um, disagree with me on it. Um, you know, but yeah, it was, it was a completely different time in, in training and, and, and things of that nature. Like I said, you know, here we are 23 years later, we're in a different world, different time. So yeah, it's definitely
0: evolved. Um, So you made your, you made your debut. Uh, what can you tell me about your first few matches?
1: Uh, they were terrible. Um, my first match was actually against a gentleman by the name of Eddie Moore, who everybody knows today is Eddie Kingston. Um, he actually, him and a couple of his buddies had trained at the same school. They started about six or seven months prior to me. Um, so he had, uh, you know, a good half a year ahead of me. Um, and, uh. Yeah, um, first couple of matches I had were were awful. My second match was supposed to be a tag team match, but my partner apparently had the flu, oh. so my second match was a handicap match. <laughs> my third match was was my uh, my very first uh, you know uh, tag team match, and then I had a you know number of of singles and tags after that. So uh, I started out as a baby face, uh, was pretty terrible at it for the first year. And then my, uh, my trainer switched me to being a, a heel and, and that's kind of where things started, uh, rocking and rolling because for some reason I just, I had a natural ability to, uh, you know, get under people's skin. So yeah, they weren't the greatest. I still have the matches on VHS tape somewhere that I'd like to mm-hmm. convert to, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, an MP3 file at some point. So, yeah, sure. Um,
0: I mean, I'm sure at those at wrestling schools, they teach you how to both be a heel and babyface.
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to when I, I learned to now coaching students now, um, you know, I was very lucky to, to come where I came from because I had the right training from a lot of different sources. Uh, but I was taught everything, you know, I was taught how to, uh you know be a good guy how to be a bad guy i was t- taught how to referee i was taught how to ring announce i was taught how to do the music how to do the lights how to work the camera how to work tickets how to work concessions so um all the things that you need to learn uh about our industry
0: yeah you got like an in-house experience seems like you know and it's, it's college yeah yeah
1: Your wrestling your wrestling training is like college and then you go out into the real world then you start figuring it out
0: Let's switch gears and talk about your charity work. Now, you've done a lot of stuff outside of, of wrestling. Uh, tell me about some of the organizations that you've worked with.
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I've done uh, some some charitable work within the industry with meet and greets and stuff like that at different events and being accessible. Uh, but a lot of the work that I'm very proud of is working for a former company uh, in, in my real world, if you want to call it that. And I've done a lot of work with... Um, make a wish foundation. And I've also done a lot of work with St. Jude's, um, you know, the company that I worked for, um, you know, was a retail company where obviously you would, uh, want to sponsor customers to donate and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, I've done a lot of work in terms of promoting the organization at different, uh, live events, um, different fairs, things of that nature. I've also had the, uh, amazing ability to to visit the saint jude's uh you know center and the uh make a wish you know foundation center as well uh for the work that i've done um i do believe in giving back um to you know things like that because there's a lot of kids that are going through things out there right now that need our help um and a lot of families that may not have the financial means so being able to, you know, do that kind of work is very rewarding on a personal level. It's something that, uh, you know, on a monetary level, it couldn't buy for me. So incredible to uh, have the opportunity to do that work.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like you've done it for a long time too. How long have you been uh, helping out with Make-A-Wish and uh, St. Jude?
1: Uh, so I'm I'm an active wish granter still with with uh, Make a Wish, um, but I'm not working with that company any further. But in total for for both, uh, I worked with Make a Wish for seven years and St Jude I worked for five. Okay. So. But uh, still hold that wish granter level so you know, uh, things that I like to try and find a way if it's possible to promote with independent shows of, you know, granting wishes and things of that nature. You know, I still put it out there. Um, you know, when I, when I work with companies and, and see where we can, you know, we can do good business in terms of, you know, wish granting and, and giving kids a a great experience.
0: Yeah. Has there been like any, um, stories that you want to share about some, some of the experiences you've had while you've been working with those companies?
1: Yeah, I think the, the 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 most fun experience was being able to go to the Make-A-Wish Center. And, uh, you know, that when I got there, they had like a whole events for the weekend uh, set up there. And I think one of the most fun pieces of the time there that I had was uh, they have a whole center set up with video games. Um, and they had all the kids there at different times playing video games. And I don't think I've ever had more fun. Uh, with kids uh, that I did there because these kids were just so full of life. They they were putting what was going on with them health-wise in the rearview mirror for a little bit of time and just putting themselves out there to experience playing these games with myself and others that, that came there. And uh, I think to me, that was a really rewarding time because there were a lot of kids that had so much personality and so much to give um, that they were making me laugh you know, and I think they were doing I, I dare to say they were doing more for me than I probably was doing for them, um, because leaving there gave me a different perspective and a, and a new lease on the life that I have and, you know, what we all can do with that to make lives better.
0: I bet they were very happy to see you.
1: Uh, I hope they were. I like I said I, I tried to make it fun for them, but they, they were the ones that were making me laugh the entire time. Like I said these kids have such big hearts and they're so courageous for. For battling what they're going through and uh you know they're the true warriors
0: oh sure i mean they're they're fighting every day so i guess you were, were you a big video game player growing
1: up too as a kid i was i kind of lost interest in my my uh, late teens and early 20s when i when i got involved in professional wrestling that that really took a back seat every now and then i'll pick up a controller and i'll play a game here and there but uh it's not like i used to i don't yeah. get sucked into video game world like i did when i was a teenager
0: right that had to have been such a good feeling though
1: an amazing feeling it's it's something that even in certain ways words really can't express you know what those experiences meant to me
0: yeah definitely um were there any other memorable uh experiences that you had working
1: with different functions yeah, I think one of them was being able to, kind of on the video game piece there too, uh, was being able to grant wishes. Uh, a number of wishes that that my organization helped grant was for kids to have video game shopping sprees. Um, and there was a GameStop where I worked, where I was working in Manhattan at the time, and uh, we were able to partner with those. And uh you know really fulfill these kids dreams of giving them wish granting and having them go in on shopping sprees and with a certain dollar amount just letting them you know roam the store and buy whatever they want and just see the smile on their faces afterwards with the bags of stuff they were able to home with them
0: that's so awesome that's really cool yeah um why do you feel so passionate about helping out in your community
1: um, I think it's just it's giving back. Um, obviously, I, I say that I'm very I'm very privileged in the life that I've led and, and the way that I was raised. And I know others maybe didn't have the same opportunities that I did. And I want to be able to give back to try and help some of these kids um, and those that are in need, you know, be able to access that kind of life and that lifestyle, even if it's just for a little bit and make them feel as comfortable and, and uh, you know, as, as well well thought out, um, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it, d- it definitely makes sense. Um, hey, um, listen, Sean. Again, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, where welcome. can yeah where where can people find you on social media?
1: Sure. So I use three different platforms. Well, four technically. So you can find me on Facebook as just under Sean Donovan. Uh, it's spelled d-o-n-a-v-a-n i know sometimes people spell it and it doesn't come up uh, on twitter and instagram you can find me at sean donovan zero uh, one and then i also have a youtube channel with all of my uh my work on there well most of it i'm trying to get all of it you know up in yeah yeah a certain amount of time but uh they can find me if they just type in sean donovan d-o-n-a-v-a-n uh, on, uh, YouTube as well. So, uh, if you like my work, subscribe to the channel. And when I post new stuff up, you'll get a notification
0: right on. And I'm sure we'll see those early matches on there at some point soon.
1: Yes, you will. Once I can get them digitized, I will definitely put them up. And so everyone can be cringe worthy of my work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again.
1: No, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the time. Yeah,
0: you're this is wrestling with heart. I hope you found this podcast to be informative and entertaining. If you did, please hit the subscribe button and look out for the next edition.